Hello and welcome to the MAV podcast with Bridget and John. As always with the MAV podcast, we're trying some different combinations and tonight you're getting a first time matchup with me and John talking about this last weekend series because Jason and Jolene were out of town with Lexi having another hockey tournament and a little later we're going to have a special guest appearance from Maddie the monkey. Yep, Lexi's younger sister is going to appear on the podcast. She's been asking for years to appear on the podcast. So she finally gets uh she finally gets her day on the podcast. So first time guest uh, appearance by her. It uh, should be fun for the fans to get to hear from a younger UNO hockey fan. Yep, very exciting. But first, let's talk about this last weekend series. So UNO started conference play uh, against Miami, which is always a tough matchup for our Mavericks. You and Jason uh, predicted great things for the Mavericks last weekend. And we got a little bit of that on Saturday, but not so much on Friday. You want to run us through it? Well, honestly, we were really close going into that Friday game. I uh, I thought the team had an opportunity to sweep this series. So did Jason. Uh, it was our first NCHC series of the season. As we know, the NCHC is uh, many people call it ad nauseum, uh, the meat grinder conference. And I really felt going into the Friday game that we had an opportunity to set the tone and and really through the first couple of periods, I thought that we were going to come away with the victory. You know, in our last seven games leading into this game uh, against Miami over the past few seasons, we we had only won one game. They had gone five, one and one, according to the NCHC preview. And I I knew that we'd had our struggles against them, but I was kind of surprised to to realize that they had kind of controlled the series that well, considering some of the struggles that they had and uh, a coaching change. uh, Rico Blasi left the program and former assistant Chris Bergeron came in. Um, And certainly, uh, certainly Brock Bremer got us off to a good start on Friday night with a quick goal for the Mavericks uh, and put us up one to nothing. Yeah. And going into that third period, you know, the Mavs were up three to two. And I remember turning to you at one point and saying, you know, I'd really feel a lot better if we were up by, you know, a couple of goals, like seven or eight would probably make me comfortable. <laughs> but I was a little worried because this Miami team uh, is there's no quit in them at all. And that certainly was the case when they scored uh, two goals within 19 seconds in the third period to uh, to take that lead. Yeah, it was kind of a heartbreaking moment because uh, early in the third, Tyler Weiss gets a goal. I was feeling pretty good at that point, three to two, but I'm like, we, I felt like we had the momentum and then just quick bing, bing, Miami gets two goals within about 20 seconds. And one of those goals, a lot of fans question because it looked like uh, maybe, uh, maybe Isaiah Seville had gotten run a little bit during, uh, during one of those goals. Maybe he got interfered with, but alas, Miami ends up getting two quick goals and that, that really kind of did it for the Mavs. Yeah, they tried to battle back, but there just wasn't a lot of time to work with at that point. And that was just, again, a really disappointing moment because it ended the, uh, you know, win streak that the Mavs had had up to that point. And again, you really don't want to start conference play off with a loss, uh, especially with as well as they've been doing up to that point. No, that's three big conference points on the line. You don't want to lose those early on because we have this every year where there's there's always a point in the second half of the season where we're trying to get home playoffs. And it's like, oh, if we'd just gotten that win back in 
November against Miami, maybe it would have happened. But, you know, the guys kind of had to dust themselves off, as Mike Gabinet alluded to in the postgame presser. It was one of those games where I think he uh, said 29 out of 30 times, you know, UNO wins that game. And uh, they just came up a little bit short. That'll happen in these games. And so as a team, you have to be resilient. As Mike Gabinet says often, you know, you have to trust the process. You just kind of have to get back at it. And Saturday night, I don't know how you felt going into that game. I Look, Miami, despite their struggles the last few seasons and despite the fact that they haven't had a lot of success, honestly, they had to have a lot of confidence going into that Saturday night game. And so what was your impression of the uh, Saturday night game as it got underway? Well, you know, you mentioned the word resilience. And like I said, that was one thing that struck me Saturday night. They came out with some jump right away and they showed that they were just going to tuck Friday away in the, you know, in the memory and just get to it. And I was really impressed by uh, a lot of the players out there. I know, uh, Chase Primo appeared to be injured after Friday night's game. And so, uh, Ty Mueller got a chance to get in there, but the, the rest of the players certainly stepped up to the challenge and uh, came away with a, a 4-1 win. Could have been a shutout. Uh, felt a little bad for Isaiah. Uh, questionable, to my point, uh, to my thinking, uh, power play for Miami led to that uh, one score for um, the Red Hawks. So, like I said, I, I think it was an all-around great performance then, bouncing back from that um, you know, Friday night loss and it gave them a split on the weekend, which, you know, again, that was, that was as good of an outcome as we were going to get at that point. Yeah. People were talking about how well they skated on Saturday night. I thought they played really well in both the offensive and defensive zones. It was great to see Nolan Sullivan, uh, get his first goal of the season. Normally he's one of those dependable scorers that, uh, we talk about all the time, but, uh, when you look at how balanced this roster is, that doesn't happen. But you mentioned uh, it appeared that Chase Primo was injured. I had heard uh, after the game that uh, apparently he was. Martin Sundberg was out. But like you said, Ty Mueller, uh, one of the freshmen, uh, the, we're getting a lot of good production out of these young guys, Cameron Berg and uh, Davis Pennington. It's great to see the young guys uh, out of the gate performing, especially considering the depth that we have on this roster. So a great win for UNO four to one, but again, great to salvage the split in a series like this, you know, in these early stages of conference play, you've got to rack up as many points as you can get. So getting three points on the weekend, I think is good. Would have been great to get a sweep. They were 20 seconds away from a sweep on Friday night. Um, didn't quite happen. So my prediction didn't quite come true. We had a great time. You had a great time at the game bridge. Uh, the Saturday night game was our 500th UNO home hockey game. The last year I went back season by season and added up every home game. So 500 games we've been there. We have not missed a game. I know that that sounds crazy to people, uh, but you know, you stay healthy and uh, you organize your life around hockey and uh, this can happen for it's you happened. too, uh, <laughs> UNO fans. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was really surprised UNO didn't acknowledge it. Made me question our math. Um, but we're perfectly, we'll, we'll put it out there on the blog. You know, you can check, yeah. double check our math. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As, aside from uh, not, not like needing to honor us, just, I thought they might mention that this was UNO's 500th home game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, so they know it's the 400th home game. So I'm not sure why, you know, 500 being a bigger milestone didn't get the recognition, but like I said, we'll let, we'll let everybody out there in the, you know, math podcast land, check our math. And I know that we've talked about in the past, they're planning on honoring the 25th season 
with some activities in 2022. Uh, I've heard some rumblings about what might be coming in the January uh, home series. But like I said, I just, uh, maybe you and I should do a, a little uh, segment for a future one about how this all came about, because I know there's some new fans out there. But it is amazing to me, despite uh, weddings and funerals and births and sickness and all kinds of stuff that uh, we've been able to make those 500 consecutive home games happen. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. It's one of those things that we didn't plan to do. It just kind of happened that way. And after a few seasons, you're like, hey, we haven't missed a game. So let's keep it going. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about that at some point uh, down the road. But uh, but talking about this Miami series, who is your player of the weekend, your player of the series? Who'd you like this weekend? often get to do this. You and Jason normally are, are picking the stuff. So um, I know, so I got to tell you, first off, Maddie the monkey has already made her prediction. She called it. In fact, I have a video uh, that I shot of uh, a certain play that uh, was pivotal in Saturday night's game. And she, she picked her players. So I had to kind of work from a narrowed roster. But uh, my pick is going to be uh, Brock Bremer. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, two guests with us on Saturday night, our niece, Scotland, and our nephew, Blaze, came along for their first time in a couple seasons, because with the COVID protocols last year, we only had two of our seats available to us, so didn't bring, didn't bring any guests with us, and they have both proclaimed that Brock Bremer is their favorite player, so uh, partially in a nod to them, but also because of his great performance um, in the game on Saturday, I was looking back to see, you know, he had his goal, um, on Friday night and I was actually wearing a number 26 Jersey on Friday night. He didn't make it to the, to the score sheet on Saturday night, but he was definitely noticeable for his play on the ice. Because like I said, if, if a 10 year old and an eight year old notice him, he's definitely doing the right thing. So he definitely could have had uh, a couple more goals on the weekend, but I was just impressed by his hustle uh, he's a, a little guy, but he's speedy and he makes his presence known. And I'm just happy to to call him out for his great play this weekend with my player of the series. How about you, John? Well, before, let me mention on Brock Bremer, small, quick player, uh, very exciting to watch. We actually got to see him December 2018 when we attended an Omaha Lancers game and he was playing for the Muskegon Lumberjacks. We got to see him and Nolan Sullivan. And uh, he was impressive in that game. So we've uh, enjoyed his exploits with UNO. And uh, it was great to see him have a good weekend. And like you said, you know, statistically speaking, it, it might not have shown up Saturday night, but he was out there and, and he's all over the ice. I went with freshman forward Ty Mueller, who got his first goal as a Maverick. Uh, it's been nice to see him in early this season. Injuries have allowed him to get into the lineup. And he was a player that I wrote a profile of on Mav Puck back when he was uh, playing midget hockey. Uh, again, he had the one goal on Saturday. Uh, it was during a Mav power play. Um, but Gabinette, you know, talked about how he had really worked his way into the lineup. You know, when I wrote my profile, Bob Simmons, who was a scout for the uh, Prince George Cougars, said that uh, Ty Mueller is one of the smartest hockey players you will see. His hockey IQ is off the charts. And I think we're seeing that already he's uh, not only is a freshman he's a very young freshman so uh, I'm excited to see where he goes going forward uh, a lot of great things to come but I wanted to uh, single out one of the freshmen because uh, it's always exciting uh, to see those you know new bowls 
of those young Mavericks uh, performing well in the lineup. And uh, I'm sure he was very excited and uh, it was great to see him get his first goal as a Maverick. Today we want to welcome a very special guest to the Mav podcast, Maddie Combs, otherwise known as Maddie the Monkey. Welcome, Maddie. Hi. Hi. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and what grade are you in? I'm 11 and I'm in sixth grade. Okay, perfect. And I understand that you play hockey, although you're taking this season off. Tell our viewers what position or positions that you play, what you like about playing hockey. I normally play wing or goalie, and every once in a while, I'll put, my coach would put me in as center. That's awesome. And what do you like about playing hockey? Um, I get to be with my friends and do something I enjoy. Well, I've watched you play and I can tell you the rest of us enjoy watching you play hockey probably as much as you enjoy playing it. So we hope to see you back out on the ice here again soon. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell us about our viewers want to know how did Maddie the monkey come about? Where does the lucky monkey suit come from? Um, I don't really know that. Very much. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like maybe five years ago or something, um, somewhere like that, that I first started wearing them to the games. And it was a Halloween costume to start with, wasn't it? And um, then it. Yeah. And then since I had worn it those two days and they won both of those days, I'm pretty sure. Um, I was like, oh, this is a good look suit. I should wear it. So. And it. It certainly has been. You've gotten to see a lot of victories over the years wearing the Lucky Monkey suit. And this year, I understand there's a new one, a new costume. Yes, I'm wearing it now. <laughs> this one doesn't have a banana, though, right? No. We are thinking about um, de decapitating the banana from the other one and attaching it onto this one, though. Well, we know that the banana itself is not the good luck. It's definitely the suit and you that have given the Mavs so many wins over the years. So thank mm -hmm. you for your service to the team. All right. So let's talk about this last weekend. Your parents were out of town. And so you came to the games with your grandma and grandpa. And thank you for sitting with us this weekend so that we could uh, keep an eye on things. And I'm excited to talk to you about uh, what you thought about. Uh, the team this weekend and in particular I want to know who is your player of the weekend and why my player of the weekend is Weiss number 40 Tyler Weiss um because uh last night yeah Saturday um he scored the penalty shot that was amazing and you turned to me before he took the shot and you said, if he scores this, he's going to be my player of the weekend. And sure enough, he did. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to ask, was your selection of Tyler Weiss influenced at all by your dad's constant stalking of him as a player? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but you picked him all on your own, didn't you? All right. And then usually your favorite player of the weekend is usually. Um, usually it's Seville. Yes, it is. 
And what's your special connection with him? Is it because you guys are, are both goalies? Um, yeah, and he's actually coached my goalie camp once or twice, I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. Any other thoughts on how the Mavericks played this weekend? Um, I would say they played pretty good. Better Saturday than Friday. Yes. Not not too bad, except for those last couple minutes on Friday, but. Mm-hmm. I would say the refs did not make some of the calls that I thought they should have made, but. Ooh, that's an interesting take. I like, I like hearing that. Right, there was a couple shots that definitely went in that they didn't call. And one of the goals that I think, was it last? No, it was on Friday night that um, Miami got. It shouldn't technically have been a goal, and they should have gotten a penalty. Wow. Because they pushed our player into the net, into yep. our goalie. I agree with you on that one. That was definitely a head scratcher. I don't know what, what was going on there, why they thought that was uh, not a penalty and uh, the goal was allowed, but it's those little things about hockey that we love, isn't it? Yeah. Get to talk about it with our friends and, and here on the math podcast. Well, Maddie, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we're, we've been talking about having you on the Math Podcast for a very long time, so I'm excited that we finally got that going, and I'm sure it will not be your last appearance. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. I'm I bet sure. you the rest of my family will probably miss some more games. Oh, no. Well, we'll look yeah, forward to Not me. <laughs> well, thanks again, Maddie. We appreciate it. Mm. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. All right. Uh, turning our attention to our new segment this year, the shootout. I've got a couple topics for us to talk about. And uh, the first one, John, uh, is Baxter Arena announced just shortly before game time on Friday that they were dropping their mask requirement. That was kind of a surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise that it happened at that point because they had tweeted earlier in the day that masks were still in force at Baxter Arena, uh, the Omaha Hockey accounts uh, did, not the Baxter Arena account. So I don't know what the reason was for the change. Um, you know, certainly there aren't any county guidelines or uh, stipulations here in the city that say you have to have masks. So certainly it's at their discretion. I was kind of surprised as well. Um, and you and I, I think we're, we're more surprised by the fact that, you know, we were walking into the game and you and I had already made a decision with the 500 game attendance streak uh, and wanting to keep that going for the rest of the season and for seasons to come that we were going to continue to wear masks. But we were walking in from the parking lot and we were putting our masks on as we were walking. And uh, the woman who was directing traffic was like, you don't have to wear that mask. <laughs> And she wasn't the only one. I think there were four or five people on our way yeah. into the game that made the point to tell us that we did not have to wear the mask, which again, I, I know that they like to communicate changing information, but if they're going to say that masks are still encouraged, then, hey, how about we have your staff not make a point to tell me that I don't have to wear it on the way in, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where I'm sure when they had the mask mandate and people came in without a mask, I'm sure that they told people, hey, you're going to need to wear a mask. Well, now, because you don't have the mask mandate, you just don't need to tell people that. You can kind of let it just sort of happen organically. If people come in with masks, 
if they come in without masks, that's fine as well. But like you said, if you're trying to encourage mask wearing, even though it's not a requirement, it does seem kind of odd to have, you know, there were at least four staff members that were like, just so you know, you don't have to wear the mask. And it's like, I, I know I don't have to wear the <laughs> but, well Bridget, but Bridget told me I have to wear the mask. So. That's correct. That's a Bridget mandate. And so like yeah, that it's because of the attendance streak. It, it definitely is. I don't mind wearing one and any little extra protection we can get. Both of our parents are in their 80s. They both have had significant health issues recently. I just, I'm not willing to take an extra risk. So I'm fine with the mask. So, uh, so, you know, staff members, you don't have to, you don't have to tell me that it's okay. We're fine. You know, just, <laughs> let, it, just let it happen organically. Yeah, for sure. All right, the second segment, uh, Saturday night, the Mavs were wearing the gray jerseys that they've been sporting on uh, the Saturday night series, with the exception of uh, the Long Island series where uh, Long Island was wearing their blue jerseys and so they couldn't wear the gray, it would be a little too close. They wore the black uh, road uniforms that night. And it brought up uh, someone on Twitter tweeted at us wondering about how they could get some of those jerseys. And uh, we had heard some you know, background information that they would be available for auction potentially at the end of the season, but we got a little bit of new information from Pat Lawler. Do you want me to read that? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna pull it up, his tweet. He said, we would love to have these jerseys too. And again, these are the gray jerseys they wore on Saturday night. We placed an order last July. We will always order jerseys when offered by Adidas, always, he emphasized. He said the initial delivery date was delayed until December or January, and now they are being told there are more delays with no stated ship date. What do you think about that? Well, I, you know, first of all, I'm glad to hear that Pat was going to get them because sometimes he hasn't been able, for whatever reasons, coordination with the athletic department, et cetera, he hasn't been able to get some of the, uh, some of the jerseys, some of the special third jerseys. So it's great news to hear that he put in an order and he has made an attempt Hopefully Pat will be able to get them, but I'm glad he got back to you. Pat's always a great guy, uh, does a lot of uh, great merchandise for UNO and is just really, uh, really good to the fans and has always been good to Mav Puck. So uh, I'm glad he got back to you. Yep. No, that was exciting to see. All right. The third topic in our shootout segment is following up on something you and Jason had started, and that is ideas for increasing attendance at UNO hockey games. Now, I want to say uh, I loved Jason's idea last week about the idea of a family pack. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of John Spalestra's uh, marketing ideas for sports. Uh, I've read all of his books, Ice to the Eskimos, Marketing Outrageously, uh, you know, how to fill every last seat in the, the house. I can't remember the exact name of it, but great idea. And I love that Jason came up with that one. One idea that I had. Um, and again, you and I have come up with a million ideas for UNO hockey over the years, but this is one that I think is, it's simple. It doesn't cost any money. So uh, every week, I would like to see UNO hockey send out uh, an email reminder, maybe two, one on Friday, one on Saturday, um, that reminds people that there's a series this weekend, and maybe it's on Tuesday and, and Saturday, or you know, just more than one email each week to remind people that there's games and particularly since these seats are sold uh, for season ticket holders, reminding them how easy it is for them to transfer the tickets within their MyMavs account. So that those seats that are already sold, at least they have fans in them. So it's an easy way um, to get more fans 
actually in the seats. It's not a way to necessarily increase uh, seats sold, but it would be great to see more fans taking advantage of the tickets that are already sold. Yeah, I agree. And, and you mentioned uh, the fact that it doesn't cost a lot of money. I remember back during the early years of the program, the early CCHA days, there was a big series against Michigan at uh, the Civic Auditorium. And it might have been our first series against Michigan when we had just joined the CCHA back during the early days. And I remember because it was a big series and because there had been some games where attendance was a little bit light during that season, they actually sent out a physical postcard encouraging people to either A, come to the game or give their tickets to somebody else. And that was before they had the digital database uh, that they do now with all the email addresses. And since most people renew and pay online, they have that available. It doesn't cost anything. I would go ahead and send something like that out. I mean, it it has the potential to help. It can't hurt. And and just trying to get more people to, again, it's sometimes it's, it's just the little things done consistently that make a big difference in the long run. So no, I think that that's a great idea. You and I talk about that all the time, talk about using your database to your advantage. Um, so certainly I think that they should do that. And my thing is another free thing that UNO could be doing. And I, I as somebody who has run this fan site since, uh, since January of 2000, uh, I believe in, in new media, in blogs, in podcasts like this, um, et cetera, working with some of the fan sites, et cetera, to help promote your product. And sometimes I feel like, you know, there's a, there's, there's a bias towards the kind of legacy paid media, but more and more the audiences for those legacy outlets are becoming older and that's not your future audience. When you look at the number of young people that, uh, you know, basically TV for them is watching YouTube you have to start to hit different media outlets. You look at the influencer culture online. You look at how companies like Apple have embraced uh, various YouTubers out there to promote their products. Sure, they can have the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal tech writers write a review of the latest iPhone or MacBook Pro, but they go with these influencers online because the influencers get more eyeballs. That's something I would love to have the opportunity to be able to review, uh, to review to, I'd like to review the, <laughs> a lot of reviews. believe me, I'd like to review the iPhone and the MacBook Pro, <laughs> but I'm not a, but I am not a tech YouTuber. We would love to have the opportunity to get to interview some of the administrators at UNO. We'd love to have the opportunity to interview Coach Gavin Nett. I believe that there's an opportunity for them to get their message and get their message unfettered out to the people that they're trying to reach and that they're trying to market to. And I'm not limited by 15 second sound bites. I'm not limited by column inches. You know, we can go as long or as short as they want to. And, and you can really, when you do that and you work with influencers, you can start to, you can, you can start to really educate the audience on what it is you're doing. So I'd love to have the opportunity to do that. And again, that's kind of an indirect way. It's not like, you know, having a family ticket plan or your idea of reminding people, but over the long haul, it's one of those things that can really start to build a community around UNO hockey. And when you talk to people, that's the biggest thing today is being able to build a community. And sometimes when it comes organically from the fans, it's just, it's received better than when it looks like it's a marketing strategy from the athletic department or a corporation in the case of products. So, so I, uh, 
I'd love to have the opportunity to do that. I hope as time goes by, they'll start to embrace some of these bloggers because I know other schools like North Dakota uh, have allowed access to various bloggers and fan sites. And I really think it benefits their program. Well, and that's the thing. I don't want to sit in the press box. I love my seats no. in 2016. Um, but, you know, they used to broadcast the Tuesday press conferences. And so fans could tune in to that from wherever they were and go back and access it later and get that kind of connection with the players and the coaches that were featured on that. And I'm really disappointed that they went away with, from that because it was free, as you mentioned, and it created that community and connection. And I know UNO has been doing a much better job with their social media channels, uh, their Instagram account, Twitter, Facebook. Um, but again, like you said, so much of the media today is fragmented. So not just that legacy media where, you know, folks aren't necessarily tuning into Channel 6 or, you know, reading the World Herald, because some of those articles are behind a paywall, but having the most outlets available so that fans can access the information where they are, not necessarily where, you know, the team wants to put it out. So I know that it, it can be a, a tough thing to do to, to seed control to to other folks other types of outlets but like you said north dakota has done it successfully we've seen it in in other schools as well and so i think that that would be a great way for them to to increase their the eyeballs that are paying attention to uno hockey and hopefully that translates to butts and seats yeah you you've got to go to where the people are all right, uh, as we look forward to, uh, you know, we've ended this 10 game home streak. Uh, the Mavs now turn their attention to their next conference opponent. They head to St. Cloud State, a place where you and I have been a couple of times in the past to the Herb Brooks Center uh, for a Friday, Saturday series, November 12th and 13th. What are your thoughts about that series? Well, first of all, I'd say, yes, we have been up there a couple of times and it's always a great trip. And one of the things that I would say, when you look at some of the fans that we interact with from other NCHC teams online, uh, their fans are some of the, some of the most enjoyable to interact with. <laughs> some of the fans aren't, but their fans are really good. And there was actually a, a St. Cloud fan in the building who was uh, making his way to the St. Cloud series that took place this last weekend uh, at Colorado College. He was driving down and he stopped in Omaha on Friday night and took in our game. That's Fight the Pants on Twitter, a, uh, a fan that we follow and he follows us. I got a chance to meet him before the game. Uh, certainly, I, I wish he'd gotten to see UNO win the game, but it seemed, sounds like he had a great time. But regardless, we're going on the road. We're playing on the Olympic ice sheet, which is always uh, always uh, an interesting logistical challenge for teams that aren't used to playing on that. And this is our first road series, as you mentioned. I'm, I'm kind of glad to have a break from the home games. You know, looking at the series, there, there are a couple of players that I would uh, encourage fans to watch. Uh, you know, grad student uh, Kevin Fitzgerald, one of our favorites, uh, one of our favorite NCHC players over the years. He leads the team with five goals and eight assists. Uh, he's a player that steadily approved, improved from his freshman year on up. And then another one is junior Yami Kronola, who's just a really talented player. And he has six goals and four assists on the team. So those two are definitely ones to watch. Uh, they've outscored their opponents 38 to 14 this season. So this is, this is the biggest test. They outscored the likes of Mankato, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Colorado College. So definitely not an easy slate to start the season. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be a little optimistic this week. 
I'm going to say that UNO splits. I think I'm going to say that we win Friday and we lose on Saturday night to the Huskies. Okay. And I love that you did a couple of player highlights because I was going to mention David Rennick, David Rennick, uh, their goaltender who feels kind of like the Hunter Shepherd of, uh, you know, St. Cloud where he's been there for years and years. I think he's a graduate student now too, with all those uh, extra years granted to COVID COVID players last year or players because of COVID, I guess they're not COVID players. Yeah. He feels, yeah, he feels like he's been there 12 and a half years now. So, yep. Just right behind uh, Hunter Shepard for sure. Yep. Uh, but he is such an impressive uh, guy in net. His uh, goals against average, he's averaging uh, just over two goals allowed per game. His save percentage is consistently uh, above 90%. If he is on his game, it is going to be tough for our Mavericks to, to put some, some goals behind him. Um, but the, the thing you talked about with the Huskies outscoring their opponents, they get off to a fast start. I looked up a couple stats too, John. I, I can do, I can play this game too. Um, but they are, they are out shooting their opponents or outscoring their opponents 10, nothing in the first period and or 14, nothing now after this last series and 13 and six in the second period. So one key uh, to the game for the Mavericks is they've got to get on the score sheet early. Uh, and I think that we, we've seen that in the past too, maybe not necessarily from this year's team, but in past Maverick teams, uh, it's harder for them to play from behind. So I'm optimistic if the Mavs can play like they did on Saturday night and they can get on the score sheet early that we've got a chance to, like you said, get a split. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think maybe they uh, have a little bit tougher time adjusting to that Olympic ice sheet, their first road series of the year. And uh, I think that they lose on, on Friday night, but I think they come back and get the split with a win on Saturday night. Okay, so we're both doing a split. And like you said, we really haven't had to come back from, uh, you know, a significant deficit in a game. We haven't had to come back from a two or three goal deficit. So the big question is, how do we respond if we get down early? And, and we'll find out how resilient this team is in their first NCHC test of the season, how they do in this game. Uh, it's it's going to help set the tone for the rest of the first half. So this is a big opportunity for the players. We're both picking a split. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Come on, Mavs, let's get three points out of this series. It would be fantastic. So Bridget and I will be cheering you on. Yep. And if you want to catch that game uh, and you're not going to make the trip up to St. Cloud, remember, uh, you can watch those games on NCHC TV. If you're like me and John, you have a subscription to watch all of the games in the NCHC because we like to tune in and see how the other teams in the conference are doing. Uh, but you can also get just the weekend games also uh, on NCHC.TV. So be sure and tune into that. See, they really need to give us an, an affiliate link and an affiliate code so we can earn some commission on that sales pitch bridge. Man, I am pimping it for free constantly. So yeah, they definitely should. But. You're doing a great job and you will, of course, be live tweeting the games. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. So be sure to follow Mav Puck on Twitter this weekend. You can also follow us on Facebook where we, uh, we have a different set of updates that we do. And you can find links to our social media channels at mavpuck.com, as well as back episodes of this podcast, both audio and video. And uh, so you can see all of the various hosting combinations and uh, pint-sized guests that we're having on the podcast this season. So 
<laughs> we try and keep it fresh for the fans. That's right. So until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. <laughs>